This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 92 of the DCAU Review. I am your co-host Cal, and with me, our other host, and the gentleman who runs our Twitter page, it's my good brother, Liam. Liam, episode 92, second week of February here, fresh off our brand new series that's really the original series that we started with anyway, (laughs) but uh, we are dealing with another classic today, um, and that being... Heart of Steel, parts one and two. Yeah, and we've talked about this so many times over the uh, the couple of years now that we've been doing this show, um, how the episodes that you really remember, ones that you probably saw a bunch when you were a kid, or maybe you had it on videotape, um, uh, you're you're almost kind of worried when you go back to those episodes because you know what if what if it doesn't hold up as well under a more critical lens? You know, will that affect my enjoyment of it? when I go back next time to just watch it for fun, you never quite know. And, uh, but, uh, I think we're, we're pretty safe in saying that, uh, this episode, uh, lived up to that memory and, and maybe even exceeded it in some ways today. Yeah. This is a really, really good episode. This episode originally debuted back November 16th for part one and then November 17th, part two of 1992. So 27 years old coming up on the 20. I'm sorry, yeah, 20, 27 years old, coming up on the 28th anniversary this November. Uh, this is an interesting and certainly a uh, an interesting plot, Liam, that we will get into scores and discussing in just a minute or two. Uh, but let's talk about that official IMDb synopsis just to give the, uh, the listeners an idea. These are always fun because it's a two-parter, so that means I get to read two of the synopses. And we will start here with Heart of Steel Parts 1 and 2, which were both written by Brian Stevens and directed by Kevin Altieri. And those synopses read as such. A hyper-sophisticated robot steals computer technology from Wayne Enterprises, leading to Batman to a sentient computer called Hardak, and its plans to replace humans with androids. And the synopsis for Part 2... Batman tracks a series of robots to Cybertron's headquarters with some assistance from Barbara Gordon. All right. So, pretty good, actually, I would say, when it comes to IMDb synopsis. Um, All right. So, as you heard there, and if you've ever watched this show, this is probably, I don't know, I I feel like it was in pretty heavy rotation from my recollection. Yeah. But it's a classic. It's a good one. Um, So, (laughs) it deals with a lot of sort of pseudo sci-fi ai artificial intelligence what would happen Mm -hmm. and uh as we've discussed before there's there's no real like when was this set it's sort of like futuristic retro 30s 90s batman right (laughs) so we don't know exactly uh but regardless even if it's if it's set in the 90s 
we have uh you know ai wasn't a thing obviously right. now now nowadays it's a part of our everyday life but uh yeah that that it's sort of a classic sci-fi story trope which is what happens if the machines turn against us right who could who could possibly stop them if they chose to in this case replace all humans with uh, robot duplicates who will no longer endanger other humans with their propensity for human error. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really, as you said, it's a very kind of classic sci-fi plot, um, no matter the era. Obviously, the, uh, all of the robots, we can get into more of that in, in visuals and animation, certainly. It's, it's, again, it very much fits into this world, despite it being so sci-fi and 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 over-the-top. But uh, it, it does... Uh, create some interesting ideas so we kind of find out near the end and they do wait it's near the end of part two when we kind of fully reveal everything but it's this guy carl rossum who is sort of a a mentor to bruce uh, this robotic expert um who has sort of gone in seclusion after his daughter was killed in a car accident um he decides to start working on these robot duplicates that will remove human error from the equation so to speak and he creates this art of artificial intelligence called hardak to help him make them and of course the art of artificial intelligence takes it to its quote-unquote logical conclusion which is well if all humans are capable of human error that could hurt other humans then all humans must be replaced Right, so uh, we go through this, and slowly we learn that Hardak has decided um, we, you don't, you don't. Again, the, the plot is sort of slow, slowly revealed the slow burn throughout the episode. But you have uh, him sort of replacing some of your your main characters. He, you know, um, this mysterious uh, assistant to Carl Rossum's character shows up at Commissioner Gordon's. Uh, house one night with something that happens to look a lot like <laughs> commissioner gordon right uh greeted with a taser blast yes. and then uh we see a very very different colder robotic commissioner gordon take his place and begin conversing and interacting with the uh first appearance of one barbara gordon absolutely so that's another wrinkle added to this this is a pretty historic episode for that reason alone absolutely so we get uh barbara who is reintroduced to bruce wayne in what we know now is the most creepiest so uh, retroactively creepy interaction we're not gonna we're not gonna have a discussion about whether or not it's weird that batman and batgirl dated in the dcau or not we're not doing that again yeah but it is worth pointing out that in this episode she's mentioned to be home from college and bruce mentions that he hasn't seen her in over four years which let's say she's 21 uh, it still means he knew her when she was a you know seventeen year old, sixteen year old, maybe. Sure. Um, so yeah, a little weird. But and he says, and just his overall comment, you've grown. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you know retroactive context makes this a kind of a weird introduction to Barbara. But anyway, but no, all of that aside, no, it's so she's introduced, and then it, the rest of the episode, without going in beat by beat, plot by plot detail, is. Uh, different characters get replaced. We get a Har- uh, Harvey Bullock gets replaced with a robot, Mayor Hill, mm-hmm. then Rossum Carl Rossum himself. himself yeah. Yes, and then uh, it, Bruce Wayne seems to be the next person they're going to replace. And uh, through that, he has this interaction where he realizes that the the robots are replacing each and every person there, and he has to go find 
Hardak and and can confront what he believes to be the person behind it, Rossum, who ultimately wasn't for this. He's responsible for creating Hardak, right? But he's not responsible for Hardak sort of veering off the the uh, going off the ranch, so to speak, and kind of it's just the logical AI mind that he that he's created, right? Uh, that has taken its next logical step and turned turned to evil. So. Um, yeah. A- any other highlights from the from the plot? Anything? You know, what, what were your thoughts? I I, f- I find this to be a very fun episode. Yeah. It was certainly uh, brought back a lot of nostalgia watching both both parts back to back. And mm-hmm. uh, there's some some classic moments in here from the Batman versus the artificial intelligence in his own Batcave uh, yes. sort of uh, plot device that they use. They introduce this glider hanging robot <laughs> yeah, that we never see or hear from again. Correct. I guess Batman decides at that point he no longer wants a giant robot hanging from the ceiling of the cave. Maybe safe bet. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> not a bad idea in retrospect. Um, yeah, I think I think all of that's really interesting. There's some fun notes I had doing some research about this, which is uh, Carl Rossum's name comes from a Czech play called R-U-R, which stood for which stood for uh, Rossum's Universal Robot, and it's uh, it's credited with introducing the word robot to the English language. So I think that's a really that's a very like deep nerdy cut that uh, you could tell they really appreciated that and really uh, you know this was certainly sort of a love letter, as we mentioned, to various sci-fi you know AI related stories. Um, sure. I mean, I think that basic idea it's sort of there still is a very as funny as is to say this is a very human element to the story in that Rossum was driven in his grief of his you know his daughter being killed by I don't know if they say a drunk driver but I think that's sort of implied sure and in his grief he decides to create these replicants um and it he didn't want you know he wasn't planning obviously to replace as we said he wasn't planning on replacing the entire world but that's that's sort of so again he's sort of coming from a place of grief a place that's understandable you know it's and it's it a also, very human it's a very human reaction for the and then you sort of blow that up to a very you know superhero uh, proportion absolutely and, and because you know it is it's based in sci-fi it also has that sort of familiar trope of the the scientist that's playing with with things beyond his yes you know his you know what it's in his hands but these are things that he shouldn't be playing with you right know? and then his creation just grows out of control um, too quickly for him to be able to to react to it so yeah you you have some familiar things in here but they make it very very localized uh, in Batman in the Batman lore in this DCAU mm-hmm. um, yeah it, it's really really good it it's uh, I mean there's a conglomerate of things and we'll talk about as we go through our categories here but the plot i love it i love that you know batman doesn't immediately like he immediately suspects that rossum because he's the only other company in town that's dealing with ai uh may have something to do with what's going on but even the surprise swerve at the end or not you know not at the end but in the middle of part two where Rossum comes to Hardak and is like, no, this isn't what we're supposed to do. Right. But at that point, the creation overtakes the creator right. and overrides, you know, what he's what he's right. It's, it's when the monster turns on Doctor Frankenstein. Exactly. It's... Exactly. It's like he. All right. Well, you're not in control anymore. I am. Right. Um, so the fact that Rossum isn't made the evil scientist that 
desired to replace all of humanity right like you said the human aspect of him reacting in his grief and creating this artificial intelligence creating robots um you know uh, for the sake of, of being able to cope yeah makes him uh, and, and he it's funny this character comes back later on mm-hmm. of course there's a sort of a pseudo sequel follow-up to this episode later on in his silicon soul which uh for my recollection is another classic oh yeah can't wait to tackle that one in the future but yeah, um, it's it's really good. A very strong episode, very strong plot. All the things work together really, really well, and um, you know has a good, nice resolution to it. All those reasons, I gave it a, a ten out of ten. Yeah, I uh, gave it the exact same score. I also gave it a ten out of ten. Love it. Awesome. 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 All right, Liam, let's move on to visuals and animation. Um, Now, off the top, I'm just going to say that we did notate that this is... uh, Which of the animation studios did this one? This is Sunrise did the animation for this one. So we talked about last week a lot about the animation (laughs) uh, company that, that animated the both episodes last week so i wanted to give some kudos uh, as we move yeah. forward here in different different animation studios and stuff like that are certainly important um but sunrise i feel like their model of batman um and i'm sure you can list some of the episodes that they they've done other work on we've we've reviewed a few of them already um but you know their animation style was a little bit off the normal model for batman it's a yes. little bit more to me it's a little bit more um I don't know, more, I guess if you're looking at like animation in different styles, it would be more towards a Neil Adams style where it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more realistic, um, you know, more texture and more details in the animation, less sort of uh, Bruce Timm square model, plain, you know, less detail, the better. Yeah, it's not the, like, there's almost like sort of a, there's like a one in a one eight. The one I would say is like the normal very on model uh you know very square jawed version and then there's sort of like the more uh the more common variant of that which is where he has sort of the longer swoop back ears and a longer chin and the nose of his cow droops down and then yeah there's the sunrise episodes that's almost like a you know a third kind of variant the eyes are a little bigger the ears are not quite as long but are still kind of swooped back a little bit more we see a lot of uh and this is common in i think a lot of sunrise episodes is there's a lot of close-ups in this episode a lot of reaction shots uh more detailing in the eyes and the faces than we may be used to some of their other episodes are pretty poison and i remember us remarking about that all the way back when we reviewed that episode which you can find in the archives at dcareview.com um that uh, despite us maybe not loving that episode's animation some of the poison especially some of the close-ups on poison ivies and her reactions uh were were very very memorable there's a very anime style to it and, yes. I, and i'm sure some of that also comes from the storyboard artists mm-hmm. but i think certainly the execution in the animation is there and all that being said, even though it's not the normal model, and we talked about this a little bit before we were recording, even though it's not the normal Batman model, it's very consistent throughout mm-hmm. both parts, and so therefore I didn't find it distracting or annoying or worthy of, say, taking a point off for it. Yeah. Um, because, And that's kind of what, you, in, in the same way, like you said, if you're looking at a, a Neil Adams Batman or a Bruce Timm Batman or a Jim Lee Batman, as long as they're drawn consistently, there's not necessarily a wrong way to draw Batman. It's just when you don't have that consistency that I think it becomes 
uh, like we didn't really have in in Cat Scratch Fever or some of those other bad episodes mm-hmm. that we've uh, re- reviewed before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Some of the effects in this episode. There's a part where uh, there's a lot of laser play in this episode, <laughs> and there's a part where Hardak, as as Rossum is trying to shut Hardak down, uh, Hardak fires a laser at him, and like. As it as the laser hits Rossum, like his entire body like looks like it's burst into flames. Yeah. And he's glowing. Um when the Bullock robot fights Batman on the roof and Barbara grabs the grappling hook that Batman had dropped and uses it to pull Bullock down into the bat signal and the Bullock robot gets electrified. There's just some really crazy, awesome visuals. The the coloration, the, the sound effects, everything really came together, and the visuals are just really, really striking. Yeah, um, you know, we have mentioned it before on some of these episodes about uh, some of the, the director's comments, uh, certainly Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, when they had the chance to kill a character because they couldn't kill <laughs> physical live human beings right so they took every advantage they could when they were able to kill something like a you know we haven't reviewed it yet but the scarface puppet they oh yeah inc- you know intentionally made the deaths as violent mm-hmm. brainiac, um, and, brainiac superman. and superman certainly anytime a robot is involved so this episode deals with several different robots and each of them meeting their own demise in a sort of <laughs> su- a very very violent way oh yeah uh, so they definitely took advantage of that you know the the jim gordon the jim gordon uh, robot ends up chasing a grenade that explodes and yes. blows him to a million pieces uh, five different robots get bested uh, i said i said their uh, their man, main antagonist uh, that will best them is always apparently going to be an elevator yes uh, because multiple robots get bested by elevators in this episode <laughs> um but yeah the, but even that so the, the scene that the robot deaths were certainly some of the good visuals in here but even mm-hmm. some of the robot themselves being able to play around with this you know it's sci-fi fantasy so being able Mm. to play around with some of the designs you remarked uh, when we first meet carl rossum in his office it's very jetsons like there's a clear elevator and there are these robots that sort of would not be out of place in a jetsons cartoon Mm -hmm. and um and then you have you know later on in in, of course you you, when harvey bullock's doppelganger robot gets uh shocked his skin falls off and he's you know this sort of mm, pseudo terminator-esque looking robot um, so you get to see some of the inner workings of the robot. And then you have these trash can robots that you know, yeah. that are tracking and following Barbara Gordon throughout uh, as she breaks yeah. into the, uh, her... the suitcase robot that we see yeah. right at the start of part one. Absolutely. So so you could you could see that the animation team had a lot of fun in in certainly coming up with different designs and working in this sort of retro sci fi futuristic mm-hmm. technology uh, section. Um, and, and one of the scenes that stood out to me as a really fun one is when you know they have this plot how they're going to replace Bruce Wayne. They bring him to the Gotham Club mm-hmm. and it's a Mayor Hill robot or android that brings him in and uh, it's completely dark and then all of a sudden you see these four red dots come on and they're the eyes for, or six red dots come on and they're these yeah. eyes for these androids that are that are there and then you see two more from across the room that light up it's very very Mm -hmm. horror movie you know scary sci-fi looking visuals so they they had a lot of fun with some visuals in this episode oh yeah even the way some of the robots moved you mentioned one of the ones that's attacking bruce wayne and i think the gordon robot as well they're very Mm spider-like so that they're down on all fours and they're moving very quickly 
the uh, the one that's chasing Bruce up the elevator. He's like he's he's all in all fours. He's looking around, looks to the side. His head completely does like he does like the the poltergeist and mm-hmm. goes completely like a one eighty and is completely upside down. It's really really clever creative stuff. And there is a there's a great uh, sort of Max Fleischer moment um, very much where uh, the suitcase robot is attempting to escape Wayne Enterprise and the doors open and you see Batman and it's like his arms are animated and nothing else is. The cape, the cowl, and his face are all... And then it kind of goes to a close-up where just his mouth is animated. It's straight out of a, a Max Fleischer Superman cartoon. Agreed. Yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Um, I, I think based on the visuals, the fun that was had here, the consistency, even though we said it was maybe slightly off model, consider deducting a point for that. But like you said, the consistency throughout both episodes and the ability to make things look cool. And you could tell, like I said, with the robot deaths, they had a lot of fun when the Rossum robot gets electrocuted, uh, by the taser at the very end yeah, and then explodes uh, great <laughs> shot. And then even some of the explosions as they're trying to escape the, the mm-hmm. laboratory, you know, there's explosions that go off and these vibrant white and red sort of bursting out of this, mm-hmm. this painted, painted scene. Um, really, really good. I, I, I couldn't, didn't have a choice, but to give this a 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you at the town and even some fun little visual things like uh, when the Bullock robot, when all of its skin falls off and it's still kind of lurching towards Barbara, um, Batman pulls out the throwing star, which we don't get to see very often, and we, uh, we he throws it and you sort of follow the throwing star as it chops, as it decapitates the robot and... Uh, we get a, uh, a lot of the bat glider in this episode, which yeah. I'm a, a big fan of big versus the uh, versus the giant flying saucer bat plane. <laughs> um, it just I just feel like and again, it's funny because we're talking about an episode that features robots and all kinds of silly sci fi stuff. So a plane wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing in this episode, certainly. But I like I like to see Batman go flying around that glider. I just think it's a cool visual. I agree. Um, so yeah, so far we have identical scores and, you know, just as a reminder to people, we, we <laughs> discuss, you know, maybe an occasional thought here or there, but definitely not our scores as Absolutely. we go through here. But, uh, all right, let's move on to our next category, Liam, which is going to be music. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of strong music in this episode. Yeah. And memorable it, music themes. Oh yeah. And it's funny because there isn't necessarily like the hummable theme like a a joker episode or something that we've talked about in the past but the music throughout we've talked about that we talked about that a little bit i think with batman beyond last month which is that uh sometimes it's not necessarily you don't have to have that really dramatic memorable theme as long as the music in in the in the episode fits mm-hmm. and this episode has a lot of very mem- memorable cues and is really good at conveying that emotion especially like when the the bullock bot pops out of the bat signal and his skin falls off the mm. music swells there and it's so mm-hmm. dramatic as it begins to lurch forward towards barbara some of the the great cues even though it's not maybe this like grand most memorable theme but it's really really well done yeah and, and I, like uh there were certain certain themes that i was surprised maybe weren't repeated there's a theme 
that plays when Barbara is uh, has has broken into the the Rossum laboratory and she's mm-hmm. sneaking through and the, the garbage can robot that's following her and it's yeah. in a sort of Looney Tunes esque type. <laughs> you know, she, every time she turns around, it stops and pretends it's not following her and eventually right. catches her. But you know, it's the music accompanying in that scene is just done so incredibly well. It's it, and and it was memorable because mm-hmm. I remember it's very nostalgic. Like you said, maybe I'm not gonna hum it like you know the the Joker theme or the Two Face theme or something that is immediately remember, memorable. But when that scene came on and the the first opening little bits of it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is that theme. Right. And then I'm like humming along with it because I mm-hmm. you, you remember it. It brings back the the feelings of the first time Absolutely. you saw these episodes. Um, and then of course the the sort of very tragic hard act theme that plays. Uh, you know, as he reveals the, the mm-hmm. that the, the actual humans that he's replaced are still alive, and it mm-hmm. swells in that scene, and it plays throughout that entire scene with Bruce, you know, going into mm-hmm. uh, you know, or Batman, you know, having to take on the robots, and um, yeah, it's 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 really really good, and it's ultimately that sort of you know lends to the tragedy of this was just uh, uh, something that got out of hand. It was mm-hmm. a guy. He was trying to trying to deal with the, the cope with the loss of his daughter, and this is how he responded. But it just became this monstrous thing that was too big for him. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you know, he has to deal with the fall. He feels guilty. He feels yeah. he feels bad about it. So the music really lends to that mm-hmm. to that it's, mood. It's a really wide range of emotions at the end because you have the the drama of Batman fighting with this Randa Dwayne bot who is half of her face is missing now, and she's. <laughs> Like there's that when we're uh, Barbara rushing back in to save Batman, who's kind of exhausted after he finally does get rid of that robot, and as you mentioned, the, the sorrow and the frustration of Rossum, and then uh, the fear that Jim Gordon shows yeah. when he thinks Barbara didn't make it out in time, and then their reunion. There's very nice music there that sort of swells as, as they have their reunion. Because again, a big part of this episode that we didn't maybe touch on directly in plot is that. Barbara is kind of the one that really alerts Batman to that. Hey, there's yeah. something up here. Like, yeah. and and obviously then the the Bullock bot confirms it. But she she's kind of the first to notice. Like, that's not that's not my dad. And right. she, something's you know, a, something's right here. So she so her going on this sort of two episode quest to to find her dad again, and having that sort of emotional reunion coupled with the the just the action and drama of Batman fighting these robots. And the sort of the sorrow of, of Carl Rossum kind of realizing what he has sown. Um, it's all really, really well done, and the music is such a huge part of that. I agree, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I had no choice but to give the score based on that a uh, perfect 10. Wow. So already this episode is in rarefied air. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I gave music a 9 out of 10, so Ooh, right in that okay. same bar right in that same ballpark perfect all right liam uh, that will bring us to our final score for the day which is going to be for our voice actors uh, so we have a, a couple of uh, new players here of course with carl rossum and barbara gordon being introduced and then of course we have a a lot of the familiar standard cast as oh, yeah. uh, as as some of the uh some of the other characters so let's talk about our, our voice cast this yeah week. it's a big big cast between the two parts this week even people who we've kind of heard but haven't really had had much uh, they haven't had much to do like brock peters as lucius fox is a, is a pretty big part of part one I, I i liked his back and forth with bruce i think that's some fun there's some fun stuff in there mm-hmm. um we have leslie easterbrook as Rhonda Dwayne, sort of the original replicant that 
uh, Hardak creates. Uh, she also voiced uh, Nala, or I'm sorry, Mala, on the one that's Superman's foe. Yeah. <laughs> Not Jax not the Mala. not the lioness from the Lion King. <laughs> I think it's Mala. Jax or Mala. Yeah, yes, definitely. Nala is the lion. Yes. Anyway, um, so uh, another uh, another DCAU voice there. I think there you she, go. she does a good job. Obviously, we didn't really mention this in visual visuals, but she is very clearly based on Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. So she has this sort of sultry tone to everything she says, and mm-hmm. she's very. I think she's really good. Yeah, she does. She does a great job. Remember, she's supposed to be a humanoid like she's she's a robotic human so there has to be some sort of coldness to her in how that she talks but Mm -hmm. also she's clearly advanced to the point where she's not like the commissioner gordon android right who has to say everything cold and robotic because he's just been created Mm -hmm. this has been uh you know a robot that has adapted and realized how to speak Mm -hmm. to and sound like a normal human being um so yeah i think there's a good balance there and and she carries a lot of the the load for that first part um because there's a lot of her and of course the hard act himself Mm mm-hmm um so yeah she she does an excellent job yeah and uh, speaking of hardack we have jeff glenn bennett uh playing hardack johnny bravo himself there we go we've i feel like we talked about him a lot in uh in justice league and, and maybe in batman beyond as well but uh yeah great great veteran voice actor he's a great robot voice no, for, for sure um, the voice of our disagreement alarm which we haven't heard in quite a long time and i, I don't know. think we're going to hear it this week either I d- yeah, but I uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's very good as the, the sort of the cold robotic voice. They put um, a nice, and this goes into sound design too. We usually mm-hmm. want that into voice acting too. But the um, the sound design, the the echo echo sort of robotic effect that they put on his voice adds to that as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and then from there we have William Sanderson as Carl Rossum, who funnily enough played a a scientist in the the sort of cult famous. Uh, film Blade Runner. Okay, um, and apparently his design was also based on on the actor. Uh, so he's he's good. Um, he's mostly an exposition guy in this episode. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, he but he does I think do a very good job as you mentioned at the end of uh, sort of conveying that sense of you know I was just trying to help. I wasn't you know again this this father who was stricken by the grief of his daughter and everything's just spun out of control from him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also have our, our regular players. We have people like Lloyd Bachner as Mara Hill with the brief appearance. We have uh, a little bit of uh, Robert Costanza as as Harvey Bullock. I like the evil Bullock bot. <laughs> like, well, we know he needs to be a dick. Right. So. <laughs> right. He t- and the funny thing is, is it took so long for Commissioner the Commissioner Gordon robot, or he, he never quite right. adapts to the point where Barbara buys him as Bullock. But it's almost it's the only way that they don't know that this robot is Bullock is. After he gets electrified by right. the, you know, and killed and starts coming out of his skin, right. you know, that's the only way, because that right. robot had him down pat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was, that was pretty funny. And, uh, and then, yeah, Bob, Bob Hastings is Commissioner Gordon. Uh, he's really good in this episode. He has a lot to do, especially in part one, as he's, uh, uh, as Barbara is telling telling Bruce about how uh, Commissioner Gordon brought her her stuffed bear from third grade <laughs> with him to meet her at the airport, and he's all embarrassed. And if I hadn't given our plot a ten out of ten already, I would have given an extra point <laughs> to plot for ten out of ten just for, for the, for making that ridiculous part of the story that <laughs> that Commissioner Gordon actually carries around a one eyed teddy bear. <laughs> it's great, uh, but uh, and then as you mentioned, the, the very cold robotic. Version 
version of uh, the the robot version of him, and then as we mentioned, kind of his fear at the end when the explosions go off that Barbara's not going to make it out, and and their little reunion at the end is it's all he's all he's very good. And then uh, speaking of Barbara, we have the debut of Melissa Gilbert, yep. uh, Laura Ingalls herself. There you go. As uh, as Barbara Gordon here. Yep. Um, I think she does a really good job. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting because I I seem to remember not thinking she was a great voice actress when I was younger and mm-hmm. but coming at it now I think she has she has a very distinct voice and maybe mm-hmm. that's why it didn't it stuck it's just uh you know Tara Strong's version of Batgirl is a little more understated but th- she has she has a very distinct voice but she has a lot to do in these two episodes she, like we said she's kind of the driving force behind figuring out the mystery yep and uh I think she has a really good job yeah and um I, I didn't really mention it in plot she does do a great job and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to you know them fleshing out this character a little mm-hmm. bit more when we get into you know Shadow of the Bat part one and two mm-hmm. um some of the other episodes that she's featured in because she does do a good job and of course she gets that you know they recast Batgirl for the new Batman adventures mm-hmm. uh, with Tara Strong who does an equally good job oh, yeah. um, but you know something for these episodes and watching these episodes in the original interpretation of that character um, but you know the fact that they decided to to give Barbara a sort of backdoor introduction to you know backdoor pilot if you will mm-hmm. into the batman animated series instead of just kind of debuting her in shadow of the bat and trying to lump that all together right i really like that they and you know i don't think she's in i don't know if she's in any other episodes before shadow of the bat but i don't believe so but, but we'll find out <laughs> it, you know it would have been interesting to kind of establish her as that character kind of mm-hmm. like they did with harvey dent yeah and you know I, I think that that was one thing that this series did a good job of is introducing those characters early enough and then then giving them the you know the the treatment or the introduction of their mm-hmm. character instead of just trying to lump that all all together but I, you know i i really appreciate point. that that factor so um I guess that will bring us to our scores for voice acting. And would you give voice acting? I gave voice acting a ten Ooh. out of ten. We didn't even mention the you know the, our main stars. Uh, Kevin Conroy's really really good in this episode. Yeah, um, he again has a lot to do. He's got a lot of Bruce Wayne to do in this episode. Yep. Um, both when he's sort of when he's trying to seduce <laughs> the information out of uh, out of Randa Dwayne uh, and you know his dealings with Lucius and, and Commissioner Gordon and then. Of course, his his time as Batman when he's when he's dealing with the Bullock robot and, and all of Part Two basically when he's fighting all these crazy robots, um, yeah he's he's very good as well. Maybe not like his all time greatest episode, but a very good episode from him. No, I I agree. He is he is strong. Um, you know, some Ephraim Zemblis Jr. in there as oh, well. Yeah. Hashtag our Alfred um, is is has not a major part to play, but he has some back and forth with Bruce in in Part One that yeah. works really well. Uh, and a little bit in part two. So, um, yeah, very, very strong episode. And, and uh, based on that, because of the voice acting from this episode being so great, I gave it a perfect 10 out of 10. All right. Well, I think that will bring us to our final scores, Liam. Yeah, these are, seem pretty easy to add up this week. Uh, I My final score is a very, very high 39 out of 40. 39 out of 40. And with my scores, if you've been following along at home, you know each category has been a 10 out of 10. So therefore, this brings this score to a perfect 40 out of 40. Wow. That's right. Perfect 
episode. Uh, say, and this is, for a fun trivia fact, I am pretty sure every other perfect score we've given before has been with the addition of a bonus point or two, perhaps. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this would be the first ever immaculate episode. There we go. There, there, I love it. I love it. Yeah, across the board tens here. It's, it's just, you know, we've just spent probably 30 minutes talking about this already yeah. so i'm not gonna continue to drag this out but it's a really good episode i i think even if there wasn't another episode mm-hmm. down the line with his silicon soul being uh an important part oh, of yeah. the batman animated series i i would say this is a must see absolutely it's just a great great episode it's a great batman story yep. if you just love the character of batman uh you should watch this episode and Here's here's a little fan theory I'm going to throw out. All right, let's. Take what this. if right. what if in the greatest episode of Batman Beyond, Terry's friend dates a robot? <laughs> what if it turns out that Carl Rossum's company, after he died, went back and reactivated Hard Act, <laughs> and they were creating these girlfriend bots that went crazy? What if Terry's friend's robot girlfriend was created by Hard Act? <laughs> Have we ever thought about that? Oh, man. I would love that to be a <laughs> tremendous retroactive Easter egg. I love that theory. Uh, who says no? We're right. taking that theory and we're running who dares? with it. All right? Who dare would say no? Uh, <laughs> one of the all-time great Batman the Animated Series episodes and all one of the, one of the all-time great Batman Beyond episodes. <laughs> Fight me. Right. Anybody who thinks otherwise. Um, you know, linked together? Yeah. Uh, who says no? Uh, but yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, rarefied air. This is goes into our top pick category, which Absolutely. of course, you're interested in hearing our other favorite episodes of all time. Uh, you can check out dcaureview.com, and uh, there you can check out our top picks, see our best of the best. Uh, this, of course, being added to that list. We have one episode actually from each of our series that we've covered thus far that is in that top pick section. So uh, definitely check that out. We got every flavor for you. Whatever, oh, yeah. Whatever you're into, it's on there. Uh, so definitely check that out. But uh, Liam, uh, before we wrap up here, let's give a preview of next week's episode. I know we're both extremely excited about this. So one. pumped to talk about the debut of one of uh, my favorite villains of the whole series and one of my favorite actors, period. Uh, John Glover's The Riddler slash Edward Nygma debuts in the episode. If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? And we'll be reviewing that one next week. That's right. Very excited about that. To check that one out. Uh, The the debut of The Riddler to the Batman the Animated Series. A very important uh, part of the uh, Animated Series. And certainly our childhood. Absolutely. We'll get into that now on next week's episode. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We have different things going on there. You want to talk to us day to day? Check out Twitter. Liam runs our Twitter page. Love talking about this episode. Maybe you didn't think this episode was so great. And if that's the case, we'd love to hear you state your case. Absolutely. Uh, tweet Liam at DCAU Review. Uh, also, don't forget, check out Instagram there. You can check out uh, clips, preview clips from upcoming episodes. We have our Flashback Fridays that we do where we talk about previous episodes that we've released and uh, tons of other stuff. Anything else to, related with the DCAU going to be posted on there as well. Uh, so I think that will wrap us up for this week. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure to tweet us and Instagram us. And 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 don't forget to subscribe. Absolutely. Yeah, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, whatever that may be. You can find us there. But until next week, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the DCAU Review.